0: And we are live. Good morning, everybody. It's your favorite truck driver in the whole wide world. It's Bitcoin Ben. Here live on a ton of channels. Holy moly. Uh, I added like a chip load of channels, um, and I think I'm up to 50-something now. It's crazy. But the only places that you get the whole two-hour show is... Hang on, let me think about it. (laughs) Oh, Patreon. Substack and uh, FGTV. That's it. Everyone else, sorry, you only get, well, YouTube only gets a half hour. That's all you get YouTube, you bunch of censoring some of my bitches. Now, Uh, Now, Rumble, Rumble and the others, they get an hour. But if you want the full two hour, I got to be honest, it usually goes about two and a half hours, sometimes three. Sorry, I get a little talkative. Uh, But I digress. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Now, if you want to subscribe to the full show every day, Monday through Friday, Substack, we're offering 20% off on Substack, Patreon, and FGTV, which you can get by joining the Bitcoin vendor crypto club website (laughs) my friends it is absolutely crazy what's going on right we got news that um god what's the name of the bank uh Side bank, see um, Web Bank, something like that <coughs> holds a hundred million dollars worth of. Sofi, thank you, John, thank you. Sofi holds a hundred million dollars in cryptos. And we're not just talking Bitcoin, folks. We're talking Litecoin, we're talking Doge, we're talking Ethereum and others. I'm betting it's probably um, it's probably Polkadot um, other Ethereum tokens. But what this shows you is my friends, if SoFi is is offering these, you don't think others are? We remember about a year and a half ago, the federal government announced, oh, it's illegal. It's completely legal for any bank to hold cryptos. Any of them. You think that this friggin' bank's the only one? No. Now, as of now, hear me out. When the federal government said It is legal for banks to hold cryptos. They weren't saying for their clients. They were saying it's legal for the banks to hold cryptos on their own balance sheet. That's that is the, the key here is, is th- they haven't even let their m- members or their clients purchase crypto jet. See, when the federal government said, "Oh, it's it's absolutely, you know, fine for uh, banks to hold cryptos," that was a nod to the banks, saying, buy now." because we're lining them up. See, the government does not, this is going to lead into the second half hour because I can't really talk about what I need to talk about to explain why the banks Why BlackRock, why all these people are buying cryptos and buying Bitcoin right now without touching on topics that are sensitive to YouTube's little ears? YouTube very sensitive. YouTube has to be a safe space for everybody. That's why YouTube's going to shit. Because YouTube's a safe space. If you want to learn absolutely nothing, go to YouTube. They'll make sure Austin Rich has a question. Where are they buying all this Bitcoin? Private sales, auctions and over the counters so they don't move the price. When you are buying $5 million worth of Bitcoin, you don't go on Coinbase exchange and just place a market buy for $5 million worth of Bitcoin. That'd be stupid. You'd push the price up on yourself, right? that's why that's why these large entities are buying over the counter at auctions like Gemini every week they have an auction that's where the big players they buy big amounts they have that at Kraken they have that at um at Coinbase. It's in the, see, we are retail, right? We delete a vote. We no get access <laughs> to the big boys, right? But oh, Yeah, using Caleb and Brown under here in my links. Yeah, that's an over-the-counter white glove service for retail. That's, I don't recommend Coinbase. I don't even recommend Kraken anymore. Strictly, Caleb and Brown, because they're not subject to U.S. regulatory authorities. You know what I mean? And that's going to be important in the future to see in the future well actually now now you can, you can call up your Caleb and Brown person and go hey uh, I want to buy five grand worth okay boom 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 you're done now in the future when you want to sell or buy let's say you have been accumulating Bitcoin right and for some dumb reason you want to sell it and you reach out to Caleb and Brown it's it's outside of America it's in Australia they they sell it they wire it right to you boom you're done you're outed and they're they're upgrading nope <laughs> for those who uh who are listening on podcast, one of the chats said no taxes. And I just replied generally, no. (laughs) I may or may not be, have been referring to that chat shall we see my friends, we are in a moment of absolute awesomeness. Did you hear the news? Trump holds cryptos. No, you're shitting me, really? Yeah. My friends, I've been telling you that for a year. Everyone's like, oh, Trump hates Bitcoin. Trump hates cryptos. Trump doesn't hate anything. See, the reason Trump is a billionaire is Trump doesn't hate anything. Trump looks for opportunity. See, when you're an opportunist, You don't disregard anything. You listen to everything. Bingo. Larry nails it. Larry in the chat, Trump adapts. Bingo. That's, that's what entrepreneurs do. They adapt to market environments. That's what Trump's doing. He sees an up-and-coming market. Now, mind you, mind you, Trump holds cryptos, yes. But at Trump's level, he's only giving cryptos the appropriate amount of his attention. That's it. You have to understand Trump owns how many hotels, how many golf courses, how many companies, a ton. Trump is probably hired someone or told one of his accountants hey uh put our foot over put put our little toe over in cryptos okay yeah firm Mister Trump, and that's what happens now as as cryptos grow There you go. Oh, hang on a second. We got breaking news here. Austin Rich reports last night's billions episode on Showtime was about crypto interest. I I I don't watch that that show, so I don't know. But I digress right this this is this is showing you folks right that and i saw people out in the chat you got any good divvy news my friends Understand what the Divi project is. Are you guys watching the weekly updates with the Divi team? Are you in their communications circle? Understand that the Divi project and the Divi wallets and that whole ecosystem, this is the accumulation phase for those projects. The Divi project has been around for like five years, almost six years now. They have relationships at CNBC. They have relationships at at multiple different places. It's a t- timing thing. It's all about the timing. See, you guys were all in on the Divi project early. I understand everyone's like, well, I wanted to skyrocket now. That's that's what everyone who bought friggin' Bitcoin at a nickel was saying. Whoa, the wind, moon. <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's a typing thing. And, and, once again, I have to say, people who are impatient, those who are let's do something now, I understand what you're saying. But it's about timing. It's about when is the adoption time of that level, that second wave of adoption ready? See, right now, 95% if not less or more 95% of the world doesn't even know what Bitcoin is they're scratching their head trying to figure out what the hell Bitcoin is you try to explain the Divi project or e- Ethereum, or Theta, or all of this. Right. It's Crypto Lenny Barnes. If he has unbelievable news, you just have to pay attention. Yeah, it's it's these And I know I'm preaching to the choir, right? I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it's we're in the midst of a complete reconstruction of the global monetary system and it is it's exciting it this is like we have so much going on and the the energy in cryptos, the energy in Bitcoin, the build—we're launching. I'm going up this weekend to find a location up in uh, up in Nashville for our club up in Nashville. My friends, this this is the time that people are building. They are building and building and building and building. I know if you're not an entrepreneur or you're not working with a project, right now you're just watching news headlines. You don't see all of the developments. You don't see the growth of the industry. Now, you'll read little headlines, but you don't see the growth of the industry. And that is what builds the foundation for all of this. You got to build the foundation before the rest of it gets built. And we're dealing with people's money, right? brandon b says bitcoin 2024 is in nashville isn't it why yes it is Mm. wonder if there's going to be some cooperation between bitcoin ben and bitcoin 2024 i wonder my friends it's it's enjoy the ride enjoy the ride you're going to be able to tell your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren if if you live long enough about all this and it's going to be one hell of a story because as those watching here in about three minutes watching the second half hour of the first hour it's one hell of a show Oh, absolutely. The founders group worldwide. Oh my friends, we're just getting started with the founders group. Well uh, there's a project lining up for the founders group worldwide is is off. Off, uh, I don't. I don't even know why I say it. Like off the chain, is that, is that what the kids are saying nowadays? I don't know. Off the charts, yeah. It has to do with health, frequency, locations inside the clubs, and alone locations watch for that coming that and it it's one of the number one growing industries in alternative health care shall we all right now everyone watching on youtube you're about to get cut off click the link under here, and you can watch the next half hour on Rumble, or you can join Patreon or Substack, right now we got a 20% discount on Substack, Uh, and watch the whole hour and a half show that we still got coming so everyone on youtube uh, here's a word from the sponsor love you guys be right back
1: are you buying and selling cryptos on the same laptop that you're using to browse the internet read your email and visit social media sites if so you're exposing your cryptos to theft whenever you're online you're at risk of getting hacked and having your identity stolen How would you feel if someone stole all of your cryptos? What would that do to your finances? Guard your cryptos with a safe and secure laptop from Calix Solutions. Each laptop is set up just for you and your cryptos, and then we walk you through exactly how it works. Don't risk the security of your cryptos. Order a crypto laptop from Calix Solutions now to secure your crypto future. Learn more at calixsolutions.io.
0: All right. All right, everyone watching on YouTube, click the link under here. Go directly over to Rumble or Substack. Subscribe now on Substack. Get all the videos every week for 20% off everyone. Have a great day. Love you guys. Bye-bye, YouTube. All right. Now, now that we got rid of those YouTube losers, now we can really dive into the show. Holy smokes, folks. Hey, that rhymes. Let me bring these up. There we go. All right, move this over here. I'm move this over here. Now, let's talk about Trump and his crypto holdings. My friends. Trump's been holding cryptos for a little bit of time now. This ain't Trump's first rodeo. Uh, I'm drinking this. Can you see that? It's, It's like some type of healthy drink that my man Bamboo actually makes for me every day he says it's gonna save my life but it tastes like death gotta taste it tastes, ugh. It tastes like a horse's ass crack. Ugh. Good Lord. Ugh. Austin asked, what is it? Hell if I know. It It's, I don't know, but whatever it is, there's something swimming in it. I swear I see movement. Very suspicious. Okay, I'm back. It is definitely, definitely not mother's milk. Right. That's right here. Mother's Milk. Why is it all the shit that's good for you? is the nasty shit you know why can't they have a healthy drink that tastes like like a pork chop is there anything better than the taste of a pork chop Or bacon. Why can't they have bacon flavored health drinks? Come on, folks. We got all this technology and we can't come up with a bacon flavored health drink. Do better. All right, I digress. Now, back to it, folks. Trump, see, so many people are worried about the SEC. Oh, is the ETF going to be approved? Is it not going to be approved? Is it this? Is it that? My friends, sweat nothing. Sweat nothing. And this is why. Because we have nothing to sweat. I, right? We're watching a show, folks. We are all out watching a show. That's it. If If you understand what's going on and you understand what that gal on the post that Trump shared, remember Trump re a video of a gal who is on the national security board She's being interviewed and she she, she says during the interview that Trump filed bankruptcy on the American corporation and dissolved it. She's she was on national news over in Europe talking about this and how Trump is that they have they have it all they have it all it's It's how Trump's letting the people outside of America know what's going on. Letting the leaders outside of America know what's going on. Because mainstream media here, they won't put her on. No way in hell. Fox News wouldn't put her on. Fox News got rid of their number one show so that the truth about January 6th wouldn't come out. Now, that's what I want to talk about here. Hang on one second. Hold, please. All right? Hang on one second here, I'm going to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. There's a lot I got to do. Hang on a second. Right. All right. This is what we're going to watch. If you have not watched this yet, get ready folks. Cuz you're about to get If you've always wondered hmm, what really happened on January 6th. Well, number one, I was there. Right. Now, I wasn't at the Capitol. When all the bullshit was going down. Now, I was in a meeting when all that bullshit was happening. Trust me. My wife was like blowing my phone up. What are you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, honey, I'm nope. I'm, I'm at the other end of Washington right now in a meeting. Relax. Everything's. I'm fine. All right now, let's let's jump over. Let me share a screen here. All right now, we're gonna watch Tucker Carlson's full interview with the head of of Capitol Police. This was the interview that got him kicked off of Fox because they could not let it air. You ready? Check this out.
2: None of the intelligence was coming up talking about the storming of the Capitol, killing members of Congress or killing my police officers was ever discussed at the conference calls that I was on at least. That doesn't
3: seem to make sense at
2: all. It doesn't make sense. I'm looking at my men and women having their asses handed to them. And and my first thought was, fuck it, I will take whatever discipline there is. Once things got out of control,
3: for 71 minutes, Pelosi refused to allow you to bring in the National Guard. Why don't we have answers?
2: It, It doesn't seem like people really want to get to the bottom of it. And it gets worse from there. I had a conference call with the leaders of all the law enforcement. It was a call I coordinated. Not one person on that call talked about any concerns for the the intelligence, the attack on the Capitol, that we were seeing that was out there. That's what's what's scary. This sounds like a setup to me. I'm sorry, it does. New Jersey State Police beat D.C. National Guard to the Capitol.
3: Wait, cops drove from New Jersey before the National Guard could get from the armory on Capitol Hill to the Capitol? Why isn't this story everywhere? I have no idea. If you wanted to understand what happened on January 6, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol, One of the first people you'd talk to, maybe the first, would be Stephen Sund. Sund was the chief of Capitol Police that day. He knew more about what happened than virtually anyone else in the United States. And yet congressional investigators weren't interested in talking to him. The media, not interested in talking to him. But we were. So earlier this year, we did a long sit-down interview with Stephen Sund about January 6th. That interview was set to air on April 24th of this year. And it never did. We don't own that tape, so we can't show it to you. So instead we invited Stephen Sund back to explain what he saw and experienced that day. What he has to say is shocking. We recommend you watch. Mr. Sund, thank you very much for coming back. Thank you for having me back. So um, I wanna start with the days before January 6th, 2021. Um, It was commonly known there was gonna be a demonstration or believe there's gonna be a demonstration in front of the Capitol that day you were the chief of Capitol Police you are in charge of security at the Capitol. Um, So it would seem logical that you would have the most intelligence, the most up-to-date, most accurate intelligence about what was likely to happen that day because you're consulting with all kinds of other agencies, intel agencies, law enforcement agencies, lots of federal agencies. But it doesn't sound like you did have the most information about what was going to happen.
2: You're absolutely correct. I mean, what we've learned that it was out there at the time versus what we had coming into it, night and day. And when you talk about the intelligence agency, I have my own intelligence agency up at um, Capitol Police, IICD, Interagency Intelligence uh, Coordination Division. Yes. Uh, that coordinates with the other intelligence agencies. Um, and now, you know, we're seeing the intelligence I was getting coming into it, was indicating this was gonna be just like the previous MAGA rallies, the November and December rallies that we had. where We had limited skirmishes, we had some skirmishes afterwards uh, down by uh, BLM Plaza with some of the uh, Antifa groups, uh, and some of the BLM group groups. But coming into it, absolutely zero with the intelligence that we know now existed, talking about attacking the Capitol, killing my police officers, attacking members of Congress and killing members of Congress. None of that was included in the intelligence coming up to that you received. Correct. But others received that intelligence. Well, we now know FBI, DHS was swimming in that intelligence. We also know now that the military seemed to have some very concerning intelligence as well. It's hard to overstate how strange that is
3: because you were in charge of the actual facility that was the focus of the the protest.
2: Well, think about it. I'm the chief of police at the United States Capitol, probably one of the most prominent and should be the most secure building in the United States in the world. You know, you'd like to think of that. But when you look at it, and and don't take my word for it, look at, there's now four, at least four congressional reports talking about the intelligence failure, IG reports, GAO reports talking about various intelligence failures. Uh, But coming into it, you know, think about it. FBI, the Washington Field Office didn't put out a single document, a single official document specific to January 6. DHS didn't put out a single official document uh, specific to January 6. That's very unusual. I've been through many other events in Washington D.C. FBI would host a uh, joint conference call at the least, maybe a executive uh, JTTF, joint intelligence um, joint terrorism task force briefing, or an for all these big events, DHS and FBI would get together and put out something that was called a JIB, a joint intelligence bulletin, zero for January
3: 6th. So you've described this as an intelligence failure, but a failure is something that happens accidentally. And I don't see how this could be accidental. So walk us through the contact that you had with DHS and FBI in the days before January 6th.
2: So my my contacts with those two with those agencies or the other other law enforcement agencies would have always been through my IICD. Yes, they were the ones that, were, that was the conduit. We're a consumer of intelligence. We had turned to the intelligence community to get the latest intelligence. I know Metropolitan was hosting a conference call uh, every couple of Mondays, and I was on a couple of those conference calls. Nothing, none of the intelligence that was coming up, talking about the storming of the Capitol, killing members of Congress, or killing my police officers, was ever discussed in those uh, the conference calls that I was on, at least. And think of this. January. And so you never heard that? Never heard it. And, and
3: then, but how could you not have? I mean, I I, mean, I'm, I don't work in a federal bureaucracy, but that,
2: that doesn't seem to make sense at all. It doesn't make sense. Think about this. On January 5th, the day before the attack at 1 p.m., I think it's 1 or noon, um, I had a conference call with the leaders of all the law enforcement, Um, Conti from uh, Metropolitan Police Department, uh, Steve D'Antuano, the um, Director of the Washington Field Office for the FBI. Nobody from DHS was on, I hadn't thought about that, but all the law enforcement has down there. I had the Military District of Washington, General Omar Jones on the phone with me. I had the uh, head of the National Guard, uh, William Walker, General William Walker on the call. It was a call I coordinated. Not one person on that call talked about any concerns for the, the intelligence, the attack on the Capitol, the threats to officers. Um, that we were seeing that was out there. That's what's, that's what's scary. And but, and, and to be clear, do we now know for
3: a fact that the people on that call knew about those threats and didn't mention them to you?
2: So this is what we know um, for a fact. And I'll tell you, um, I'm not the only chief that was in the dark. You you look at Robert Conti, head of the largest police department in Washington, D.C. He also said the same thing. He wasn't getting the same notifications like the Norfolk memo that came out the day before. He didn't get it. So Steve D'Antuano, who's the Washington field office, um, uh, FBI. FBI director. You look at the GAO report that came out February of this year. It talks about um, multiple emails. Is the GAO report, or maybe, no, it's a Senate report that just came out um, in July, just last month, talks about multiple emails going to Steve D'Antuano on Sunday, Monday, uh, and some probably Tuesday, just the days before, talking about the violence that they're predicting coming up to the Capitol. And I have a video call with him on that Tuesday and nothing said about it. I mean, that's, he didn't that's, mention that's it. not a word, not a word. So,
3: uh, not to repeat myself, but that just does not make sense.
2: It doesn't. It doesn't, especially when you think about, think about this, the military, the United States military, um, and this gets really convoluted once you get into the the response on January 6th and how I was delayed getting resources. You have the United States military, um, Secretary of Defense or Acting Secretary of Defense Miller and and, uh, General uh, Milley had both discussed locking down the city of Washington, D.C. because they were so worried about violence at the Capitol on January 6th. On Sunday and Monday, they had been discussing locking down the city, um, revoking permits on Capitol Hill because of the concern for violence. You know who issues the permits on Capitol Hills for demonstrations? I do. You know who wasn't told? Me. Instead, on January 4th, what does Miller do? He puts out a memo restricting the National Guard from carrying the we- various weapons, any weapons, any civil disobedience equipment that would be utilized for the very um, um, Demonstrations or violence that he sees coming—it just doesn't make any sense. Wait, wait. So
3: the military says we're so concerned about potential imminent violence that we are considering shutting down the city, but at the very same time they decide that the National Guard can't uh, adopt an aggressive posture. To
2: right, protect right. The city. They're deploying because they're going to be deploying National Guard to assist Washington D.C. with crowd control at metros and some of the traffic um, control areas. But they put this out on January 4th, specific to January 5th and 6th, and this direction affected the National Guard in Virginia and Maryland. When I was calling begging for assistance on January 6th, they they weren't allowed to respond at first. Look at um, uh, uh, Governor Hogan; he did a press conference saying he was begging to respond, and he was not den- being denied by the Pentagon, all because of the memo. So, uh, why? You know, you be, you, be, you begin to wonder why, and especially when you look at, at things like something that I recently came across. When you talk about the military, um, General Milley, you know, we're now uh, now finding out, and it's not not for me. This is from Carol Lenning, you know, investigative reporter with the Washington Post, has found that he was using data miner on his own, coming across intelligence. D- t- tell us what data miner is. So data miner is an intelligence platform. It's not something your average citizen would have on their uh, computer. I, I guess it goes in and does. Um, uh, crawling across webs. I'm not really sure how it works, yes. but it's not your, it's a. It's an intelligence platform. He's picking up intelligence, talking about killing members of Congress and attacking the United States Capitol. And he's not telling me, he's telling select members of Congress. I mean, Carol Lenning writes about it in her book. Um, that's concerning as hell, because as the chief of police, you know, he's, there's a duty to warn there, and I should be told so I can take the necessary action. I don't know who else he was telling, but he sure wasn't telling me. <laughs> Again, w-
3: what could possibly be the explanation for that?
2: You know, um, I'm not really sure. You know, people. But you've
3: you've done this for over 30 years. You're very familiar. You, you, you've been in law enforcement in D.C. specifically for over 30 years, so you know how the city runs. You know how the federal agencies respond to protests. This is not the first violent protest.
2: Not at all. There have been many. I've I've done many national special security events, and this was handled differently. No, no, the intelligence, no jib, no coordination no uh, you know, discussion in advance, uh, it's almost like they wanted it to be watered down, the intelligence to be watered down for some reason. You know, I talked about a little bit in the book that maybe they were concerned for the um, Trump invoking the Insurrection Act and they're worried about that. But I've had people, you know, there's those other uh, you know, uh, thoughts out there. Uh, but, you know, luckily we still have people investigating this because I still think there's puzzle pieces missing. Someone's going to find out what's really behind all this because it it wasn't right. The way the intelligence was handled and way out, we were we are set up on the hill.
3: Big picture, just to restate, you've seen many things like this, and as you just said, this was very different. This was handled
2: very differently. By whom? By, by the intelligence. I'd say, one, by the intelligence agency, two, by the military. So the reason why I say the military, think of this. Um, by federal law, you know, Congress passed a law that that requires me to go to the, two, to the Sergeant Arms Capitol Police Board in advance of an event and to request uh, federal resources such as the National Guard. So Congress passed the law, it's two US uh, code 1970, look it up. Uh, Just make sure you look it up before December 22 when they changed it. Um, So what was in effect on the 6th, that requires me to go and get approval for bringing in National Guard or federal assistance in advance. I have to go to the Capitol Police Board and get approval from congressional leadership in advance. Like I did on January 3rd, I'm denied twice because of optics and because the intelligence didn't support it, so think about that let me ask you who made that decision who denied you uh, i was denied by paul irving house sergeant arms uh and also mike stinger uh, senate sergeant arms
3: and who do they on work, january 3rd. who do they work
2: for uh, It would have been uh, working for pelosi on the house side that Pelosi was number one boss and then uh, mcconnell on the senate side Ah, so, so he,
3: effectively mitch mcconnell and nancy pelosi shut down your request
2: my request was shut down one because of because of optics which is interesting you're going to hear that term come up a couple more times optics or the look of the National Guard on the Hill. Um, but yeah, and the Capitol Police Board, I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable that I'm, I'm the only chief of police in the United States that has a law preventing me, not just regulations, rules that say, I gotta go and get approval to bring in the National Guard, a law. So that's crazy that Congress is gonna pass a law that controls what I can do to protect the Capitol and even in emergency. So think of this, even while we're under attack, I have to go to those same two people to request the National Guard to be brought in. I have 340 National Guard that have been activated. At least 150 to 180 of those are in the city, many of them within eyesight of the Capitol, okay? We got to come under attack at 1253. 1255, I called the Washington DC Police Department I talked to their assistant chief, Jeff Carroll. Thank God I had talked to him at 1059 in the morning and asked him if he could possibly put some additional resource on Constitution Avenue. And he had some CDU uh, platoons up there. Called him, said, hey, please send those in right away because we knew as soon as they, they came up to their west front and they started attacking, it was gonna be bad. 1258. I make my first call to the Sergeant Arms, asking, saying, "Hey, it's bad. We need assistance. I need a declaration of emergency. I need to bring in the military immediately and federal resources." I'm told by Paul Irving, "Quote: I'm going to run up the chain. I'll get back to you." I'm the gonna the run chain up the is chain. Pelosi. The chain is his chain would be up to Nancy Pelosi. He didn't have to do that, but he wouldn't give me authorization. The the law says in a mercy he can grant me authorization, but he didn't. He said he'd run up the chain. My next call was over to Mike Stinger. He's the cha- now with the chairman. Of the capital police board told him the same thing we're getting our asses handed to us on the wet front i need federal resources he said, what did paul tell you I said he's run out the changes let's wait to hear what we hear from paul <clears throat> sorry so for the next 71 minutes i make 32 calls i'm in the command center i'm calling my partner agencies and by law you know one of the first people offer assistance was the united states secret service and by law i shouldn't have requested their assistance you know i shouldn't be until i had approval but i'm looking at my men and women having their asses handed to them and, and my first thought was fuck it i will take whatever yes. discipline there is send me whatever you got no uh, that's the one tech secret service turned over you know how they lost all their texts. yes it's the text between their um, chief Hunt, chief sullivan and myself thank god for him um but i don't uh, so so, we just, so yeah. you,
3: you make this call immediately immediately to the house sergeant arms who reports mr irving who reports dancy pelosi he right. says i'll call pelosi
2: he says, I'm going to run it up the chain. Run
3: it up the chain, but that is the chain. I hear I got you. Yeah. I, just, I
2: want to tell you exactly so, what So
3: um, what happens then? Does he get back to you?
2: So for the next 71 minutes, I make the 32 calls to talk a number of agencies. 11 of those calls are follow-up calls. And look in the the Senate combined report from, from 2001. They have a great infographic of the call after call after call after call. 11 times I call in the next 71 minutes going, where are we on the approval? Where are we in the approval? He any minute now. Any minute, I'm going to get any minute. Finally, at 209, 71 minutes later, 2.09, I'm finally given approval. Think about that. 71 minutes later, I immediately call Mike Stinger, say, we've got approval. I was so pissed off. I made sure that the watch commander, I'm in the command center. I yelled to John Wisham, the lieutenant. That's my watch commander. I said, John, mark the time as 2.10. I finally got approval for the National Guard. I was that mad.
3: So what is the, I just want to pause on this for a minute. That's like, it's almost unbelievable. So this is an event that Pelosi herself has likened to Pearl Harbor and 9-11, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened on American soil. And she's in charge of allowing the National Guard to come in and respond, but she doesn't for 71 minutes. What is that?
2: You know, um, I can't fathom why. I mean, they had to have known what was going on. I was telling them how bad it was. It was on TV. (laughs) It was right outside of Mike Stinger's office. And they had a meeting in his office Saying, "Hey, where's the National Guard?" And they're like, "Oh, we're trying to make the fighting is going on right outside his office, and I'm still getting delayed." This is an unbelievable story. Oh, it is. Now get a kick out of it. Has anyone ever explained this? It's it's verbatim in my book. I have details. The whole pa- the whole chapter on um, January 6 is almost 100 pages long. But I don't understand. So, so we. It just, I don't. They we're don't. only
3: 10 minutes into this, and you have told me two things. One, the other federal agencies withheld critical information from you in charge of security at the Capitol before January 6th. And once it started and things got out of control, for 71 minutes, Pelosi refused to allow you to bring in the National Guard. So those are just, those are two of the biggest questions from January 6th. And my question is, why don't we have answers to why that happened?
2: It doesn't seem like people really want to get to the bottom of it. It really it really doesn't, it, uh, it, and it just gets worse. It gets worse from there.
3: I'm I'm sorry to step on your story. I just yeah, um, it's shocking.
2: Um, it is. It it is shocking to think that uh, you know we should be a coordinated um, um, security apparatus. There's re- regulations. There's there's procedures for defense support for civil authorities. I've taught it for the military. They don't realize they brought me in to actually ask me to actually teach us for uh, foreign governments coming to visit. Um, there's a process for when when law enforcement needs help and we dial nine one one. It's through it's to the military. And that failed that failed miserably because of the law Congress passed and the denial I was receiving. Well, it sounds like it was prevent, it was prevented. So
3: Paul Irving, the guy who had, you're saying the statutory authority to, to -hmm. give that okay to, um, has he ever explained why he didn't?
2: Oh, his, you know, they had him and he testified at the um, Senate hearing in 2001, um, 2021? And, I'm sorry, 2021. My apologies. Thank you no for catching. Um, and um, a couple of times, he, he uh, disagreed with my recollection. I can tell you my phone records. I turned them over immediately. I fought to testify. They didn't even want me to testify in the Senate in hearing. I fought to testify. Why wouldn't they? Oh, there's, there's so yeah. much here.
3: What, why, who didn't want you to testify? So when they You're first, the chief of Capitol Police I mean, on January
2: 6th. <laughs> uh, you and me are on lockstep with, with this. Um, and my story hasn't changed in two and a half years. So when they first put out the notice and they were talking about having the hearing it was only for current employees that were still in place no lo- no one that was no longer in place in their position in security so think about that initially when they put out the request to have the and they put up the they were talking about having the hearing it would have excluded paul irving would have excluded mike stinger and it would have excluded me only three people the three people at the top of the uh, security apparatus
3: so the sp- democrats i think
2: well, it was it was
3: joint. It was a, a combined joint. I hear you. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. Yeah, of course. The Uniparty um, intentionally excluded the the three people who would know the answers to the key questions.
2: Yeah, the original plan was to to exclude them. Uh, I immediately called somebody I knew on the Rules Committee and said, "Please let me testify. I will be there in person." And I still remember she said, "You'll you'll show up in person." I said, "I promise you, I will be there in person. I want to testify." But and I was the only one that showed up in person. It just seems like the denial
3: of your request to have National Guardsmen who are within eyesight, you saw them, to have them help, that's it. That's a pivotal moment on that day. Mm-hmm. And we know the name of the man who made that decision, and we still don't know why he made that decision. And that's just shocking to me. What, has he ever answered that question?
2: No, he's, he, he's uh, never answered that question specifically that I'm aware of. Uh, and I do know when they were talking about the J6 uh, committee coming out, I think it was um, Representative Benny Thompson that had said Speaker Pelosi is off limits. So they wouldn't get any of her records, her phone records. What do you mean you know, she's off limits? I believe that was one of the things he said, that that her coming into this was she was off limits to the uh, inquiries of the January 60th. Well, she was running the House that day. I hear you. I hear you. Um, that I mean, if we're truly trying to get to the bottom of this, trying to find out what happened. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, I mean, that's um, insane. You know, you would be getting everyone's records. I've been forthright. All my phone records have been turned over, and like I said, there's a, a description of all the numerous calls I made requesting approval. Think about it. In that thir- in that 71 minutes, I called in 17 police agencies, 1700 officers to help us get the capital back, and then I also made those 11 calls trying to find out where.
3: You are as precise as an airline pilot. In in your recollection of oh. things, I, I, you, you, so yes, I
2: and I think everything you you have said is pr- is provable. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are not no. the, the book's all based on fact. You can go through it. I recognize um, reference all the facts I have footnote. You get access to all, a lot of the intelligence. I mean, you know, it's it's fact. My my story hasn't changed in two and a half years. So the,
3: I'm just to circle back to this Paul Irving who played played a pivotal role. I think whose name is unknown to most people, even people who follow what happened on January sixth. What happened to him?
2: Um, no idea. He, uh, he disappeared shortly, shortly thereafter. haven't, haven't heard uh, much from him. Had a couple of conversations with Mike Stinger before he passed away. Um, but nothing from, nothing from Mr. Irving. Uh, so
3: he was house Sergeant at arms. And then when did he leave after January 6th?
2: So it's, it, it's interesting. So he officially left, um, the 7th, but his signatures on a document making the uh, my assistant chief of intelligence, the chief of police on the eighth. It's kind of weird the way it worked. But so I guess he was out the seventh or the eighth. Was he close to Pelosi? Oh yes. Was he oh yeah. He was a very loyal uh he it's interesting. He was able to go between Republican and Democrat pretty, pretty yes. well he knew how to Not play a huge the difference political difference game on some level. Um, but he was he was extremely, extremely loyal. To Nancy Pelosi. And it's unclear
3: what happened to him after he left? No idea. Capitol. Yeah. Um, has he done, to your knowledge, we, we haven't found anybody in inter- interviews about Not that, not that I'm aware
2: of, no. Was he called to testify
3: before the before January 6th Committee?
2: Do you know? Um, I believe he was. I believe he. there may be, um, um, I'm just drawing a blank right now, um, written testimony of his. I know he was one of the two that showed up in 2021 for the Senate hearing. He was on video, so was Mike Stanger. Uh, and they were asking him about, you know, his uh, recollection of when uh, when I called him. And he was like, I don't recall that. Now I had my first my first timing wrong when I went and asked for the initial uh, the National Guard. I originally thought it was January 4th, which was Monday it was January 3rd, when he denied me the first time.
3: Even though he apparently, or certainly federal agencies, had intel suggesting this was going to be a bigger than normal protest and could be violent.
2: Absolutely. Now, you know, when you look back and you see some of the intel that was out there, and I reference a lot of it in the book.
0: All righty. All right. Everyone watching on, on all the other channels, right, Rumble, all of them. we're switching over to the private server. Now, if you want full access to all the woo-woo, all the things that are not allowed on other platforms like Spotify and all that good stuff, join. Click here on sub Stack. there's a limited time 20% off on Substack. S- s- you get everything I put out my three hour shows my two or three hour shows Monday through Friday my three hour shows On Wednesday evenings, my entrepreneur shows, you get that too. You get all those. And pretty soon I'm gonna I'm going to have an offer for all of you guys with Calix solutions on the private server first, right? and it's a big offer it isn't no little offer right so word from the sponsor
1: are you buying and selling cryptos on the same laptop that you're using to browse the internet read your email and visit social media sites if so you're exposing your cryptos to theft whenever you're online you're at risk of getting hacked and having your identity stolen how would you feel if someone stole all of your cryptos? What would that do to your finances? Guard your cryptos with a safe and secure laptop from Calix Solutions. Each laptop is set up just for you and your cryptos, and then we walk you through exactly how it works. Don't risk the security of your cryptos. Order a crypto laptop from Kalix Solutions now to secure your crypto future. Learn more at kalixsolutions.io
0: all right everyone click the links under here substack or patreon watch the rest of the hour and a half we're gonna be here love you guys everyone on the private server already hold please all right now hang on one second gotta switch over to the private server